Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Joseph Luckett. He is the CEO of Zero to 100, also the title of his number one international best-selling book, which will help those that apply its principles increase career advancement by 234%, increase leads by 279%, and income by 170%. Those are awesome numbers, Joseph. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you so much, Mish, for having me this morning. Oh I my appreciate gosh, thank it. you for being here. And so we've got to talk before, um, and, and we've seen each other during those the days when we did networking in person days. Um, but tell me about this. This is this is of interest to me because at a certain point I was like, I believe I am done with networking. I don't want to do it. You know, I was, I was, of course, I'm in the digital media space. I was, you know, we do digital marketing to acquire clients and such. But your perspective on how to do this networking thing was very intriguing to me. Also, like, you have research and study behind it. So let's hear it. Talk about it. Where do we begin with that? I think that most people that network don't come to the table with a structured schedule. Furthermore, when meeting with somebody, you should put yourself in a position to let them know that what's not accomplished in that meeting it's okay to set the next meeting and we're going to set the next meeting. Because in networking, people hate the one-night stand. Right. But they never speak about the one-night stand because they think that's the way to do it. Gotcha. And they don't know there's another option. Well, and also I think, you know, I I don't like what I call those loose ends. Mm -hmm. You know, when people are like, yeah, 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 we'll talk some, yeah, we'll do lunch sometime. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm always like, but let's connect it. If we really mean we're going to do lunch sometime, let's connect it. Mm -hmm. Right? But that's going through the motion. They're used to that. Right. But you, you also have to remember, they're the picture, we're the frame. They've never had anybody point to the picture. Ah, uh, okay. And, and, and we also call that a conscious interrupt. So a person's beating their head against the wall, and you for the first time tell them, John, you're beating your head against the wall. John's now consciously aware he's beating his head against the wall. It's the same thing. It sounds like networking therapy that you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I, I think that if you're, gonna, if you're going to put your efforts into sitting down with somebody over coffee, I think that you should make it worthwhile for both parties to walk away winning. Right. I don't think you should just be out there willy-nilly. I think that you should make every aspect of your networking count. So what does that look like in your mind? Like, the, let's just say the first meeting. We go and we do, we, we're going to meet. Mm -hmm. We're going to network. Mm -hmm. um, what sorts of questions would you be asking me or what kind of information would you be looking for? That is based on the energy they come into the room with. Okay. Because some people come in with the cookie cutter, okay, my name is John, here's what I do. Gotcha. But they're missing the most important elements, which are, are you married? Do you have kids? Where are you from? What Rel school did you go the to? The relationship building. Correct. Yes, relationship building questions. Got it. Correct. Which, which also are the icebreakers because icebreakers that are brought to a conversation allow, allow for a relationship. The more icebreakers that are brought to the table, the deeper the relationship. 
But some people can be shallow. So when you sit down with them, and if you understand who you are, then you understand who they are. So I may sit down with somebody who has a very militant energy. Gotcha. And I can tell just by looking at them and talking to them, they're not used to getting into weeds, feel good, I want to understand you. They're used to sitting down. This is business. We don't talk about my kids. We don't talk about if I'm married. We don't talk about the things I'm into. This is solely about can you be a client to me? And if you cannot, thank you for meeting. Have an awesome day. Wow. Where does it go after that if that's... Then you you continue staying in touch with them based on asking them this question. Hey, John, we've met today over the course of the year. How would you like us to stay in contact with each other? What's the best medium of communication for you? John's going to tell you. You then adhere to that. Once you've got to a certain point with John, then you can call John up and say the following. Hey, John, is this an okay time to chat? Joseph, it sure is. Hey, John, I'm doing some facelifting to my networking, and I wanted to ask you a question. John, if you knew that there was something that was costing you hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars, or long-term millions of dollars, would you want me to tell you? Now it goes one of two ways. It goes to no, which is ego. I'm not really interested in you telling me your philosophy or your perspective. There are people that are like that, and that's okay. Or it goes to what I call humility. Yes, tell me. Do you think part of it, though, because I I get— and we all get so many emails a day. And I get those emails all the time like, Mish, are you interested in learning how to make a million dollars? I've got the solution. And I'm I and I feel like it sounds like spam. Mm-hmm. Is that a question? Yes. Uh, I mean, just that because that's out there, right? There's mm-hmm. you see it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, from the perspective of a marketer, when when, you know, I have I, I have seen way too many clients, by the time they get to me, they have been through it with marketing. And mm-hmm. they were told, they were they were sold things that weren't true. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I am going to get you X amount of leads, contacts, or whatever. And they buy into it, and then they're really disappointed. They're like, well, they were all terrible leads. They weren't, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I know. You have to be, a, I, I'm like realistic marketing. You know, mm-hmm. like, let's first figure you out. Let's mm-hmm. see what you, what, who you are, how, how to get you out there. And then marketing has this very interesting way of finding things that aren't working that are outside of marketing, mm-hmm. right? So you got to be a little bit detective mm-hmm. and go, hey, let's, you know, business development may need to come into play. But do you think that part of what people are going, no, I don't really need to know how to make a million dollars or what have you is because I've heard this and I've seen, I've done it before. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, but I I hope I am on the mark about responding back to what you're asking me. I think that most people don't have an example of networking working for somebody. Gotcha. There you go. Nor have they probably established that relationship. If you came in cold with, I'm going to help you make a million dollars, Mish, uh-huh. I'd be like, well, all right, dude. Slow down. <laughs> yes. Slow down, right? But but also, when somebody's telling you they're going to help you make a million dollars, that's just an indicator that they're transactional. Gotcha. They're not being realistic. Gotcha. Because if you mathematically work that equation out, and then you furthermore need to look into the values of the person you're sitting down with because that person may not be driven or moved by money. So 
I would never come to the table telling somebody that they're going to make a million dollars. But furthermore, I don't think that money should be in the equation. It's sitting down simply getting to know each other. If you take it back to when you were a kid and you had recess, you didn't talk <clears throat> you didn't talk about money. Right. You talked about video games, you talked about being outside, you talked about the seesaw, you talked about the merry-go-round, and all of these different things that you guys could relate on were nothing but relationship building tools. There and, you go. And and I would also add to that when I'm sitting down with somebody, I'm not a person that believes in cold calling. I don't think that you need to cold call anybody. I think that relationships is the game. Right. You should exactly. never have to cold call anybody. You should never have to pay for a lead. Um, and you're only paying for a lead to speed things up. Right. Um, but that only wins half time. That's all a lead is. It's a numbers game. It's but a transactional a, but game. But a lead is you have to build a relationship from that lead. Um, right? I, no. You don't think so? Okay. No, you can spend a million dollars on a million leads. And, and how many phone calls can you make a day well, to get yes. the yes and get, to get the no? Correct, correct. That, that's, the, that's the cloud that's over a lead. But if I sit down with you, the objective is let me get to know who you are. And, and let's see how we can reciprocate that. Because if I get to know who you are and you get to know who I am as a byproduct of all of the people you're going to be doing that to, a portion of those people become clients and or customers. Correct. A gotcha. portion of those people become friends. And a portion of those people just become a flat-out relationship, gotcha. which I call the three ships. So then where <laughs> did – I mean, I mean, and, and, I mean, and you're right. This is this – is, Exactly how you do this, right? You're supposed to like get to know people and then as you get to know people, then other people start to introduce you to like, hey, you know who you need to talk to? You need to talk to Joseph. He's got this great idea, blah, 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 blah. Um, But then when when you were looking at all of this and going, ah, there's a better way to do this. Let me start teaching people. I'm understanding how to do it. At some point, research came into play. Mm Mm-hmm. Tell us about that because I find that fascinating. I wanted to get past Joseph is an anomaly. Gotcha. If I, and, and the only way to do that is to have a, a collective group of people utilize your methodologies and your, and your philosophies in their day-to-day networking and prove that out by way of numbers. So I ran it by my chief operating officer asking what happens if we could lead a study. So we brought on a head of Penn State's process marketing and research department to an individual to lead our study, a 12-week study, participants across America, covering every generation, Gen X, Gen Y, seniors, millennials, and baby boomers, um, covering every type of networking organization, such as religious-based groups, civic-based groups, nonprofit-based groups, structured-based groups, so on and so forth. And I knew that that there was a, um, at the end of it, I knew it could result in two things. One, zero to 100 would tank because you're challenging my information. Right. Or two would be revolutionary. And I remember asking the individual leading our study, I would ask him throughout the study um, specific questions, and he would say, Joseph, I can't give you that answer, but the data will give you that answer. I'm not going to give you my personal answer. We're going to let the numbers do that. Nice. And I remember getting to a point where we reach what is called regression analysis, where we can then predict the success of anybody utilizing my material we got to a point because we aggregated enough data. And so when he read off that first statistic, 234%, 279%, 170%, and that's just three statistics of the many, three. Right. And I remember him 
going through those, and I knew that it was game over. And I now knew that we had, one, a universal approach, two, an inclusive approach, and three, something that worked for everybody, no matter your style of networking. And where, this is the other thing I'm thinking to myself, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing Joseph going to his first networking meeting. Uh-huh. Was that your intention to figure out networking or or where did you, what business were, were you in in the beginning and you were networking and you went, wait a minute, I, I there's a better way to do this. Let me answer that twofold. Okay. So a coffee business that, that provided free samples in terms of the way that we got our product out to the consumer. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was attached to. Got you. But my first experience was me walking into a room and being in line and the people that were working the sign-in table were speaking to every single person that walked up to the table to sign in. But I got up to sign in and the two individuals that were working the sign-in table never spoke to me. I sat between two individuals in this particular meeting that never spoke to me. Weeks later, I get a phone call and I was told that they're not used to having African-Americans or minorities attend their organization or their respected meeting. So time goes on and I realized Meetings didn't look like me. And if I brought up different networking organizations to African-American people or minorities, they had no idea that these options were even available to them. So then I was that same guy that went to the library and I asked the librarian, where's the business networking section? And she said, "Hun, there is no business networking section. Number two, I was that guy that got on Google and I tried to Google data surrounding networking. Well, no one's ever measured networking from a universal approach. So every single person I would sit down with would ask me networking questions. Every single person over and over, I'd meet with the same people over and over and over, and they would ask me, hey, Joseph, I'm going to this XYZ networking group, and today I have to give my 60-second, 30-second, or 45-second elevator pitch. What would you recommend me do? And then I would give them tidbits and things that they should include and things to stay away from. Hence in my book, we call, we have five different types of elevator pitches and five different types of networkers because I've met all five and I've seen all five. Because for me, I was always every single week getting warm introductions and I would be having a meeting with John and I would say, hey, John, how many warm introductions did you get last week? And a warm introduction is where two people are brought to the table through a, through a, a, a mutual or an acquaintance for the sole purpose of getting to know each other. That's what a warm introduction is. A referral is somebody that's introduced to you that's solely interested in your product and or service. There's a difference between the two. Right. So when I would be meeting with somebody and I would ask them one of those questions, they would say, I didn't get any last week, or I didn't get any in the last two weeks, or in the last three weeks, or in the last month, I haven't gotten any. But I go to my my weekly networking group every week. Wait, what do you mean you're not getting any? And then over time, I realized how many people were in this exact same shoe, were wearing this exact same shoe. And then I would look at my Rolodex of warm introductions through my email, and mine are pouring in. Aha. So you were listening to the universe. One, I'm kind of still reeling a bit with the first story that you shared with me. So just going to say, really, people? Yeah, it's a true story. Um, you and don't that's have common. to tell me what – that is terrible. Um, yes, it just <laughs> – I believe it, and I'm also just, you know, we will – okay, guys. Um, we'll but, we'll but, move past but, it. But, but, Mish, but you also, it's okay. I, you know – You love those people. Yeah, you're right. I love those people. You, you, you love them. 
I do. You, you love them? I do them? love them. I, I would um, highly recommend anyone out there who has got a res- perspective that is not in alignment with what's going on right now with how we're treating all races of people here in the good old United States, that if, if you've got a perspective that doesn't come to love, please go out. It doesn't, the, the, it doesn't just happen, right? I, I actually, oh, I, I can, I, I'm on a soapbox, but just, I happened to be in the company of a woman last week that was doing the whole, you know, well, I was taught you respect police. She started in with this, and I, I, well, it's really hard for me to be nice to her, and I kept thinking she just hasn't been out. But I told her, you have to make an effort to go get to know other people. Mm-hmm. You can't just sit in your neighborhood and watch TV and think you're going to truly get the perspective of what it's like to live as a black person, as an, as, you know, an, an Asian American person, you will, you cannot know until you've had conversations with real people. Very much so. So there's my soapbox, but please go get to know people. But, but, but I would also add that, Mish, that if somebody feels that way about a certain community, one, we step up and love them. And then two, we find out what that scar is. Yes. And then three, we let them know we're going to walk through it together. I love that. You are a loving <sighs> human being, Joseph. Lovett. Thank you for being here today. Uh, it's, it, the, the feeling is mutual. <clears throat> it, and, it, and it is. It's, it, love is, I always start with love. So I have a, if anybody that listens to this podcast has probably heard me say this before, but when I meet someone, I love them. That's where I start. I start with love. Mm-hmm. Now, some people ain't decided better love from afar. Mm-hmm. As, mm-hmm. <laughs> but mostly I start with love. So thank you. So this is, I mean, so the book, tell the book, tell us about your book. Like if somebody buys that book, what's what are they in for? Uh, they're in for understanding the entire business networking model from start to finish. Um, the do's, the don'ts. I covered earlier the five types of networking uh, folks and then uh, the five types of elevator pitches. Uh, you'll also understand what it means to build your business in other states and or other countries. Oh, wow. Uh, by reading the material um, and so much more. So y- you don't have to walk into networking and wonder where to look. It's all been neatly packaged and organized through the lens of Joseph and beautifully put into a book for you to pick it up. It's timeless and read the material, apply the material and other individuals that are reading the book as well. They're speaking the same language as you, which is called relationships. Impressive, sir. Very impressive. So can I ask you some kind of fun questions? You sure can. Because I stalked you a little bit. (laughs) I do that, but in a a loving, sweet, kind way. Um, So, Something recently happened for the first time in St. Charles, Missouri's 250-year history. What was that? That is the key to the city. That we're giving to? Joseph Luckett. Joseph Luckett as the first. Now, can I ask you a, a question? The article I read said the first African-American. Do you prefer African-American or black? Either or based on a person's understanding of those two words. Yes, sir. So the article I read... <laughs> 
<laughs> do you need a job in di- like you could be a diplomat for the United States? Like, have what country <laughs> do you want to go to? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that was the first time the key to the city for St. Charles, Missouri, was given to African American Black human being. Yes. You. What did that feel like? I would add, what does it continually feel like? Ready. Um, moving. Um, I'm grateful. And it also sparks a sense of change. So I said to a good friend of mine yesterday, the same feeling I had, I have is when I'm looking at a photo of uh, Malcolm X or Martin Luther King or Marcus Garvey, and they're in front of tens of thousands of people, and those people are there to hear a good message. That's the feeling that I feel. That's awesome. And yes, that sparking change. I love Mm -hmm. that part. Mm -hmm. Yay. We're getting there, folks. All right. This one is going to be fun. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite horror movie? Mm, My favorite horror movie. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, Let's go new school. Okay. New school it is. Saw. I don't think there's a better series of scary movies from start to finish uh, that has been demonstrated like Saw. Every Saw got better. It didn't get cheesy. They're not trying to remake it. It kept you from one movie to the next. I would say Saw. If we go back to childhood, I would say uh, Friday the 13th. Uh Which is coming back. Correct. There's a new one. There's a, there's a new one. We just pray and hope that it, it delivers like the rest of them. Right. Um, and, and if we look between Saw and being a child, I would say Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ooh. That's Yeet. what I would say. There's so many to choose from. Leprechaun, Child's Play, Hellraiser, Wishmaster, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, there's so many. And I love scary movies. Do you like funny scary do you like, like, Cabin in the Woods or The Evil Dead? Uh, the Cabin in the Woods. I think with Cabin in the Woods, if we're talking about talking about the same movie, there's three of them. Um, and if we're talking about that, I would say only the first one. I think number two and number three got cheesy. Oh, I didn't even know there was a two and three. I only thought there was one. Cabin in the Woods is where a group of people stay in a cabin and they end up drinking water and they get a rash or something, correct? No. The one I'm thinking of... It's funny. It's like a funny, scary movie. No, I like, oh, I, I, no. I have to show it to you. You'll have to watch it. It's no, it, it, it has to be. You want straight out, full I like, on horror. Yeah, but I love true story horror movies as well. Ones where it was a cold case and it was put down and then whatever the main actor is ends up picking up the case. And by the end, they end up solving it and they had to go through so much adversity to even solve it. Gotcha. I love true stories, and I also love scary movies. I'll be darned. It's just, I think it's funny. It's like your alter ego because you're this gentle, kind spirit. You're like, I'm going to go watch a slasher film now. <laughs> I love it, but I also love romance. Ah, okay. Well, well let's I, go there. I, so Favorite I, romance movie. I, If we're talking overall, an overall movie that most people would, would know, The Notebook. Okay. That's commercial, but... But Everybody that's understands the one every, that. Well, what's one we wouldn't, not not everyone would know? Uh, I would say Basic Instinct. Ah, that, that goes uh, back. Fatal Attraction. Ooh. Um, is that romance? Uh, that's romance. <laughs> that's that's romance. romance. That's passion. That's 
Yeah. Um, uh, it's, sleeping it's, with the enemy. So these are the, it, it's kind of like romance that you should maybe avoid. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I I'm not going to say you should avoid it or not. I'm, there's things you can always learn by watching something. Right. Um, I agree. I so, do agree with so that. So I, I I love those type of movies and and they're amazing. Just like all the other types of movies, um, you know, horror. And then when it comes to being funny, um, there are certain funny movies I, I like watching. It's it's just, I don't know how to describe the type of comedy. I'm picky about comedy. I don't like what would, comedy that relies on like potty humor, I'm not into. No, I I don't pay much attention to the swearing so to speak, I it it there's a certain types of movies, the Step Brothers, like that whole crew, and and I don't know actors and actresses well enough to articulate who they are. Okay, but movies like the Step Brother that has my stomach hurting and my eyes watering, and it's not a fake laugh. It's I'm like, really laugh genuinely out loud laughing. yes, I'm yes, laughing. I'm I, with you. I lose I composure. It's yes. it's really funny. Those are my favorite. Yeah. Those are my favorite. Do, do you watch What We Do in the Shadows? I don't know what that is. Dang it. I'm going to talk to you about I am looking for I have only one friend. Hello, Moses out there. Moses is my only friend that watches What We Do in the Shadows. I can't talk to anybody else about it. We'll talk. I will get you in. I will get you into this. All right. So this is a question I ask everyone. This is going to be crazy easy for you. What I want you to talk about an act of kindness, either one that you received, that you gave, or you witnessed. What's kind of top of mind with you right now with kindness? Uh, every December, I reflect on my entire year, and I send every single person some sort of message of gratitude. That is so cool. Um, and there's only one other CEO that does that. He spends his December doing that. And that is something that I probably will do for the rest of my life where um, December's gratitude month. So you look over your entire year and you look at the meetings that were rescheduled. You look at the meetings that you did have with folks. One, reschedule those folks that may have fell through the cracks. Right. It's your time to be able to do that to reset for the following year. Love it. And then also the individuals that sat down with you um, send them a message by way of whatever is comfortable in terms of their level of communication, meaning through social media or through a personal text or email or, or picking up the phone if you have that relationship with them and just express to them what they mean to you because liking and loving somebody is a choice. And if somebody likes you, that's special. If somebody loves you, that's real special. That is so thoughtful. I love that. Ooh, mm-hmm. I'm a CEO and now you got me thinking. Thank you. <laughs> well, they make it possible for you to do what you do. Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we love our clients and we get really, we we love our clients and we we will bend over backwards for clients. And whenever one leaves us, we always feel like, wait, what? What happened? We bent over backwards. But, you know, mm-hmm. it just, it's going to happen whether you like it or not. So tell people where to get your book. Uh, you can go to www.zeroto100. Dot I as an item, O as an Oscar, and there should be a tab on there for you to purchase the book. You can also get it through Amazon. You can also get it through Barnes and Noble and many other places as well. Joseph, thank you so much for all that you do and for the person that you are. Mish, 
awesome is always done with two or more people. It's never done alone. So ah. I'm a direct reflection of you. Thank you. Yay! I'm reflecting well. He's really <laughs> cute. So I'm looking good today, just in case you guys are wondering. Well, thank you, Joseph Luckett. Thank you. Thank you so much. And everyone out there, you have been listening to Mishmash Go Off. Have wonderful days. Be loving and kind. See you next time. Bye. Bye.